Hey crew, welcome back to another episode of The Skipper Report. On this episode, we're sitting down talking with Adam Sourwin, Mr. Adam X on Instagram. He's a huge outdoor enthusiast, and today we talk about anything outdoors and how to get out there and enjoy yourself. So grab yourself a cold one, sit down, kick back, and enjoy this episode. This morning we have Mr. Adam X, Adam Sourwin. That's correct. And uh, he's got a podcast, and um, he's sitting in his van. Where are you? Are you in Vermont? No, I'm currently in New York. Okay. Uh, I was just in... I just got back from traveling. I try not to tell too many people I'm traveling right now because things yeah. are crazy. But yeah. with the van, I can be isolated. But I actually just went out and I got asked to film with Blizzard skis. Oh, nice. So, yeah, we did a full one-day shoot. Uh, you know, started at a trailhead at 6 a.m. And I literally took my skis off at 9.30 at night. So wow. It was a day. It was a push. Yeah, I guess so. And yeah, so I'm in you New York. Were, you, you weren't just driving or uh, skiing and riding chairs, man. You were out there on the trailhead earning your turns, right? Yeah, so we, the idea is, um, I can't say too much because it's like, yeah. you know, it's coming out in October, but it's kind of, it's a, the idea is that it's relatable. It's a, re, it's going to be a relatable ski film, something that people can look at and think, you know what, I can go and do that with my friends. Right. It's not necessarily ski porn where like, uh, yeah, sure. I want to get dropped off in a helicopter at the top of a mountain, but like, that's not something that most people get to do. So this is the point of the video was to kind of start your day at a trailhead and then an, end it at a ski resort with friends. Right. So it's, I actually just got like a little first cut while we were on this podcast. So oh, I'm yeah. really pumped on it and it's cool, cool to be asked and you know, put some telemark skiers in the spotlight a little bit. And so, yeah, that's crazy. So tell us who you are. Like, uh, I know you're from Vermont, right? No, I'm born and raised in Buffalo, New York. No way. Yeah. Um, Ellicottville and Holiday Valley are kind of my home resorts. Uh, I share some time at the city garage ski shop in Ellicottville. You know, my schedule is very loose. I, I tell the owner I'm you know, are you in for this year? And I say, I am in on Sundays when I'm in town. <laughs> that's my, <laughs> that's basically my schedule. I will work Sundays if I'm around and in town. Right. So, you know, the, who I am is, you know, I went to school in Hamburg and then I went to college and graduated and got a real job and realized that I'm not made to have a real job. Right. So yep. <laughs> left that world uh, bought a bus and traveled a bunch. And I think that's how people kind of start started to know me. It was called the pursuit. We did a web series, Corey Potter and myself just kind of filmed one day and it went for lack of a better term viral. Right. Uh, we did three episodes, got over half million views, no budget, no funding, no sponsors, and just kind of made it work. And then from there I bought vans and now I've, buy and build vans and flip vans and live in vans um and i'm a wedding photographer in the summer that's how i actually make money well that's that's funny because you know what how i know you or know of you is uh vans city garage uh i'm gonna say in a complimentary way a snow freak right because it's it's not just telemark skiing it's uh 
anything for sliding down the hill. Yeah, literally, I mean, yeah, I just like being outside, which is seems so normal to me, but I'd rather spend my days outside, which is why I think the van works, because you don't really live in a van, you right. live out of a van. Yeah. And I think people don't realize that, but, like, I don't hang out in my van all day. I hang out outside and then go to sleep in the van. Right. But, yeah, I grew up, I didn't really, I didn't put skis on. I started snowboarding when I was 16. Okay. And I snowboarded for two years, and then I put skis on at, like, 18. Right. And that, you know, kind of shaped my entire adult life was just skiing. And then I switched to telemark skiing. But to me, it's all just skiing. Yeah. Even snowboarding. Like, I don't. Well, you were on that uh, powder board when I caught up with you last year in um, Ellicottville. Yeah, pow surfing's like my new favorite. Right. Pa- like, if I could pow surf every day, that's what I would be like the weird guy pow surfing every day. But it only <laughs> works if you have snow. And, exactly. And you, you have know. to have deep powder snow for the board to work. Yeah, so basically, for anyone who doesn't know, pow surfer is just a, a snowboard without binding. So it just works on friction and the power you get out of them is like you could ski if there's snow you could you could you know no board or powder board a mountain like right. there's so much power that comes out of those really yeah it's i mean they make powder splits now or wow. no board splits yeah and like guys are doing big mountain lines it's it's just wild you run them a little shorter and your foot just hangs out on the tail right like all the way back so you have no tail and it just sinks real good and I haven't, I haven't recreated a turn like that in a long time. Right. And the best part is you can do them. You could obviously do them on big mountain. Yep. But you can do it on these little mole hills and these little side hits. And it's just, and that's what you were doing last year around just a, you know, a couple of weeks previous to right now. Yeah. So I love it because I'll go for like a bit, you know, a big tour and I'm, we're East coast. So like, yeah. A big tour is a loose term, but I'll go for a tour with my, you know, my skis and my skins and I lug all that stuff around. And then it's like noon or one o'clock and I'm like, I still got some gas left in the tank, but I'm right. not, I don't want to, I don't want to skin up. It's, I'm, I'm over it. So I can grab out the no board and do another three hours and get arguably better turns than I got all day. So. Right. No, that's like at, uh. I was mentioning this to uh, Keith Rodney podcast I did a couple of weeks ago. Uh, and when we had snow days here at school, our school was primarily all bust. So I always made sure to, to tell the kids who were walkers, you know, if you show up on a snow day, you are responsible for all the work that we're going to give you. But I'm not going to ask the people who didn't come in to do it. So the smart kids knew, oh, yeah, I, I don't want to go to school with Mr. Woods' class today. So at lunchtime... I was able to go ski here in town. There's a, on the side of the road, a boulevard. The trees are perfectly spaced, and the kids would know they'd walk home at the end of the day, and they'd come back the next day and go, you skied at lunchtime, didn't you? (laughs) And it's just come down. I might have to walk up 100 yards. You know, I'm skiing on my lunch hour. Yeah, and I think that's during that we were talking about what is a skier. Yeah. And it's such a hard thing to find to define because like there's pro skiers and there's guys who ski big mountain and dropped off in a helicopter and there's guides. But then there's also people who I I went to high school with who ski 
five, six times a year. And I might say, are you a skier? And they say, yes, right. They identify as a skier. So I always try to think about that. And like, you're a skier, like you had 45 minutes to an hour to go make turns on, you know, Alex Kaufman from, he used to be a ski, these guy. Now he does wintry mix. Okay. Yep. He lives in Colorado and he, his big thing is he skis those Marquette backcountry skis. Yes. You've seen those. Yeah. 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 They're like 122 centimeters long. Yep. 120 millimeters wide, no metal edges, plastic with scales. And that guy skis more vert than half of us. He just skis the foothills because he doesn't, he's got a real job where he doesn't have time to necessarily fight I-70 Colorado traffic. And that guy has, I wake up in the morning and he's got four laps in on what sounds like what you're skiing, that hundred yard pitch of, yeah. You can get just as good of turns there as you can at a resort. I oh yeah, that's... yeah. If my sister listens to this to to my podcast, she's gonna go, "Man, you just trash me." Because my sister's been retired. She's how old am I? Fifty seven. She's fifty six. She's been retired since she was forty one. She was an executive, and uh, I always say she's a snow snob because our cottage is right on the Quebec Vermont border. So we've got the northern part of the Green Mountains that we can ski. When I'm at the cottage, I consider Jay Peak my home mountain. Okay. But she'll she'll ski all those big mountains. She'll go to the Rockies. She'll go to the Alps, that sort of stuff. And one, one March break, she uh, we were skiing with her, and she goes, man, are you guys ever good and fast? And I was like, it doesn't matter where you get your turns, man. A turn's a turn, right? 100%. Yeah. I mean, look at all those racers. I don't know if it's Lindsey Vaughn or Michaela who came from like that mole hill in, I don't, I don't remember where it is. So I don't, I think it's Lindsay Vaughn, but she came from like 300 foot of vert and a rope toe, but that just means she got more laps than we did. Yeah. And you know what we talk, you probably don't know this about me, but I used to run Telemark Ski Canada and okay. uh, we would put kids in the world cup. I did all the administrivia and uh, my friends and I, we all talk about, it's probably beneficial for racers, ski racers to grow up on small hills because they get to see their coaches more. 100%. Yeah. And they're doing and more less distraction. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. For <laughs> less sure. Because, distra- yeah, I could, t- I mean, I am not a racer, but skiing gates isn't fun. And I don't care. I'll argue anyone with that over right. like a powder day that, you know, it's just. Yeah. I know. I used but- to run racing series here in Ontario. And uh, there were a few days we're like on the course and we're scraping like 10 inches of powder off the race court. I was like, you're literally committing a sin. Yeah. You're committing a crime. Like, yeah. oh, there's too much powder on the yeah. hill. Yeah, right. One one Christmas or just prior to Christmas, I went to a friend's uh, mom's funeral in, near my cottage. And so another buddy, I uh, reached out to him and it's like, hey, Jusselin, you want to go ski Burke today? And he's like, sure. So we zipped down to per- Burke together. And I had my um, Telemark Ski Ontario racing jacket on. And so when you're going up the one chair where they have the four race courses side by side, I kind of went over, it was their lunchtime, and I went over to the guy in the top of the race hut, and I said, uh, do you mind if we do a couple of laps in that pow against the fence? He goes, oh, no, how about it, man? <laughs> at least you asked. I yeah. usually just like, I usually bully it, and then they yell at me, and I just oh. say I'm a customer and keep going. <laughs> if there's not a racer on the course, I'm bullying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, being out there in the pow, is, it's great. You know, they're I, I doing the doing the racing was good. It made me a better skier. But uh and, and one of the things we tell people is if you want to learn to ski trees, 
ski gates because they don't hurt as much when you run into them. There's a lot of truth to that. <laughs> I see. I think skiing to me, I grew up playing basketball my whole life. No way. Yeah. And I wasn't, I was good. You know, I was a, yeah, I was a, a power forward and yeah. I was, I was the, de- you know, defense was my ticket, but I could have been like a six man on a D3 right. team. Like yep. go shut that guy down. And then I found skiing at, or snowboarding at 16 and I didn't have any coaches or structure. Right. Yep. So to me, and then learning that there was, I didn't even know there was that whole skiing was just like a recreational thing where I like it existed, but I didn't know it existed. My family's not a bunch of skiers. Right. So, yep. so to me, like having a ski coach is so weird. It's just not like, to me, it was the freedom. Like I could yeah. go at 16, we got our licenses and we can go and just, like it was like an open i'm not a gamer but it was just like an open world video game like yeah. you could just oh you can do that or that or like there's a bump there and you can jump off that or there's trees there and you can zig through them or so to me it was like i think that was its biggest appeal and that's why i never went to racing right because it was like i don't for a coach for what like yeah, for yeah, fun yeah. i don't need yeah. a coach to have fun i'm yeah. really good at having fun yeah and it probably shows now that I did never had a coach because I'm awful at skiing, but I enjoy it. And it doesn't matter. Like, I think a, a lot of being a good skier is being smart. And yeah. I don't. As I've gotten older, I've gotten a little smarter because my buddies who have been longtime skiers, because I'm like you, I played basketball all my la- life. And uh, we were Nordic skiers because I grew up just outside of Montreal. And uh, I didn't get into downhill skiing until I was 17, I think. But uh, I wasn't too keen on it, and I wanted to play basketball in university, and I knew I was hurting myself. So it's like, okay, i got to stop so that I can go play basketball because I wasn't going to get to university on my uh, academics. (laughs) Same. (laughs) I just paid. I was the other one who just, oh, you can pay to go, and they'll let you in? Cool. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. So I I didn't – not until – uh, I think after my wife and I got married and we had kids, did, did we get back into skiing? Because she's a longtime skier from Thunder Bay. Okay. And it's a great family sport for the cost of what it would appear to put a kid in hockey for a year and then everybody sitting around in an arena shivering their butts off. <laughs> um, you know what? <laughs> we can sit in a chair and shiver our butts off a- entirely as a family unit. Yeah, there's some truth to that. And that I think that goes back to what is a skier? Like a two-year or a three-year-old, if you asked him if he was a skier, he would say yes. Yeah. And yeah. you ask an 80-year-old, and they're out there, you say, are you a skier? And they say yes. So I've been really, and this is like a recent, like, aha moment for me, like trying to define a skier. And I right. think, and I think that's what encompasses what I love about it. It's, I can't, I can't we live in a world where everything's pretty much answered. Yes. <laughs> like I can't answer that question. As long as you're out there doing something, you know, whatever that sport is, I think that you call yourself or, or the activity you're a skier. It doesn't, uh, I agree, but that's why I think I love it. Cause yeah. like if someone asked me if I was a basketball or I, are you a basketball player? I'm like, well, I, I played right. Yeah. For 10 years of my life. That was my life. Yeah. You know, like I, play you know you know if you played basketball you played basketball but like 
I'm not a basketball player. Even if I think if I played twice a year now, I probably wouldn't define myself as a basketball player. Yeah. And yeah, I think I, if you ask a twice a year skier, if they're a skier, they might say yes. Exactly. And I don't disagree. So it's yeah. like this weird, and maybe I'm just overthinking it, but I don't know. No, I, just, I don't think so. It's like me, of all the activities I've done throughout my life, I identify with cycling the most because I've been doing it for 54 years, you know, three years old. I would, you know, my wife couldn't believe my mom would set me up on my trike and I'd wa- ride five miles with my mom pushing my brother and sister in the pram and I'd go to my grandparents, you know, on my trike. So I think the 10th year into my teaching career during those 10 years, I, cause I commuted by bicycle all year long. And winter two, winter two. Yep. That's amazing. Yeah. I only fell six times in 29 years in the winter. That's pretty impressive. <clears throat> yeah. And, uh, I, I think I've, that would have been, I started in 91. So by 2001, I had ridden around the world eight times. <laughs> That's amazing. Do you track it all? Like, or did you just do like, uh, there were times where I would track it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like, you know, I've ridden around Lake Ontario four times. That's and, amazing. Yeah. You're going to have to give me the notes on that one. <laughs> we did. I went to do Lake Erie once. Right. And That's a brutal lake to do in the West End. You cannot cross the bridges there. It was a pain. Yeah. It was, it you was can't brutal. Take a, there's a truck ferry you can't take. Yeah. We, we had it all mapped out. This was probably almost 12 years ago now. And my buddy got called back to work. So we just abandoned the trip. Which oh, is yeah. like crazy. But it was like an ultimatum. Like, hey, you're either coming back. And we were young and it was like his first real gig. And he put time, you know, but we were, we were, we listened because we thought that mattered at the time. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I but know. I attempted. My, my, my eldest daughter lives in Windsor. She uh, invited us down there one time and uh, we planned for, uh, I don't know. I don't know if it was an anniversary trip or something like that. We'd cycle the western part of Lake Erie, but to go across any, you can't go across any of the bridges in Detroit or between Detroit and Windsor. Uh, there's a tunnel. You can't take the tunnel. You can't take the truck ferry. I was like, okay, forget this then. You, know? so you we, have to literally like find a truck that'll let you throw your bikes in it yeah. and then get in the truck and then get across. Yeah. We, we did that on our bike. Um, was it my second bike trip around uh, Lake Ontario? The first time we got to, I think it's called Summer Wind or something like that. It's, it's at the water uh, at the mouth of Irondequoit Bay in Rochester. Okay. And they have uh, an opening with a swing bridge, but they swing it open all you, all summer long, so you can't cross the bridge because the boats have to get in and out of the harbor. Anyway, so the second, so we rode all the way down into uh, Rochester and around the bay, and to go three miles, we had to ride like <laughs> twenty five miles. Yeah, isn't you know? that great? That's the fun of the trips. Though, oh yeah. I think. So the next time we did that. I waited for a guy. I could see him putting his boat in on our side, and I walked up to him, and I had 20 bucks, and I was like, hey, man, can we pay you this 20 bucks to ferry us just over there? Yeah, <laughs> He's can like, you just get yeah. us across, yeah, please? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and he was That's... happy, and he said, I'll hang on to this, and the next time you come through, hit me up with an email, and we'll go out in a boat for a day and drink beer. Yeah, it's a beautiful thing. Yeah. It's funny how 
when you're on a bike and like you have like your bike gear, how accepting people are to kind of like, I mean, yeah. I guess it makes sense. Like if yep. I saw someone hitchhiking in Ellicottville, I'd be like, where are you coming from? Right. Versus if I saw someone hitchhiking in Vermont, you know, near yeah. the long trail, it makes a little more yeah, sense. Exactly. But, yes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Bike touring. I'm not a big cyclist. I, I, it's weird because I love suffering on skis and I just don't, care to suffer on a bike you mountain bike though don't you not really oh, i'm okay. if anything i identify like with bike touring so we right. did the gap trail this year which okay. is uh from pittsburgh to dc right yeah and uh it's a greater allegheny passage is what it's called and it's no roads it's about 300 and i don't know three 340 miles we did it there and back so we you know we doubled that and there's a group of six and I just like, I don't like suffering at, like when I'm pedaling. It just doesn't compute with me versus if I have skis on, I'll suffer all day. Right. I was, I was joking that I keep sacrificing or I keep like relating my ability to suffer for physical fitness. I was going to hit you up on that because I love that quote from uh, your podcast or or maybe it was your video, right? From when yeah, I put it up on the podcast. Yeah. and But it's true. I think we... As I get older, and I'm not old by any means, but my physical fitness is getting worse, but my mental, and this is what someone pointed out, is like, dude, it's not your ability to suffer. It's your mental fitness. Yeah, and exactly. When I'm 20, I can just run up things, and it doesn't matter. I don't need to be in shape because I'm in shape. Yeah. And now I'm 34, and I work twice as hard to stay in shape, and it's not always there, but my brain is like, oh, this isn't that bad. Right. You're fine. Yeah, yeah. And you just suffer through, and on skis I can do that all day and bikes I can't necessarily but I I really enjoy bike packing because you're just you have what like you rung what you brung right yeah yeah exactly whatever's on your bike is what you have and like we got soaked and I was like I don't have another shirt <laughs> so like, this yeah. is what I'm gonna wear and exactly. that's so mountain biking I was really into and then I got out of I was going to buy a new bike in the spring, like now, but right. the bike market's crazy. That's so, what Jabber was saying. I, was that what he was alluding to on it? It's like, where are the bikes? You, I mean, there's literally no bikes available. Right. Like, it's. I know I have a friend who, uh, he's a big skier and he runs, uh, he's the manager of a big bike shop just west of Toronto. And it's the same thing there. They're, uh. There's no bikes. They're struggling, yeah. It's same There's with no... our local our local sports shop. They were out of uh, cross country skis before they even came into the store, pretty much. Oh yeah, we sold out of cross country and snowshoes by November fifteenth this no year. No way. Uh, and that, but the supply is kind of there for that stuff. The weird thing with bikes is there's like, like Santa Cruz is like, if you want a bike for 2023, order it now. Wow. Like that's what's bizarre, and like Shimano doesn't have components to put on the bike so now i was just talking bikes yesterday so if you go on like some of the websites and you build your bike right at the bottom they have like this new like it's not a header but a footer i guess is right. that says like components subject to change because yeah. they don't have them so yeah. like yeah. they're not going to leave that bike on the floor for you know in the assembly line for right. another three months to get that shimano whatever xt park component right they're just going to put whatever they have on it and send it to you. Yeah, It's like so, my, my dad, he imports stuff. He's uh, at one point was Canada's largest importer and distributor of golf accessories. Oh, wow. And since my mom's passed away, his sleeping habits are, aren't all that good. And uh, 
Asia will send him texts or emails in the morning, you know, and through the night, their business day. And he's learned that he gets up and he's on it right away. So everybody who would be in a business importing, they get to their desk at 9, 9.30. Well, the Asian business day is dead. So you respond to that email. You're a day late, dollar short. Yeah. And you know, my dad, they're like, dude, you're up at this hour. What are you doing? It's like the middle of the night. And, but you know what? He secures everything. He's, he's like one of the few guys who's got everything that you need for golfing. You know, so yeah, he's, he's able to capitalize on other companies not being able to get that stuff. And, you know, he's picking up the slack for them. Yeah, it's wild. Like bike stores will have, for anyone looking for bikes, bike stores will have bikes right now, but that resupply is not. Right. It's going to be very difficult. And like your top, you know, it goes off tiers. So like if you're a tier one store and you're pushing a lot of bikes, they're going to get, those guys are going to get it first, but those small mom and pop shops, they're not going to who are only ordering 12 bikes. Like yes. They might get six bikes and they're right. probably not going to get more. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that's, it's why it's wild, but it's just, it's just a supply. They don't have them and yeah. they're not getting them. And I'm assuming, you know, I would say, and maybe I'm wrong on this, but probably 70% of bike frames come from China. Even the good ones are yes. just getting rebranded. Like exactly. There's just no, you know, I, and I think it's cool to support. Now is the time to support those little guys. Like you might spend a little more, but like that guy's building a frame in his, in his garage with his TIG welder and welding up aluminum. Like, so it's, it's crazy. Yeah. I know that my, I was just talking to my dad about that. I think maybe last night. So we've got stores up here that are like uh, REI or uh, uh, what's the one in the East. I can't remember what the name of it is. So the big outdoor chain. Um, I know there's a store in Burlington because I go to it. Um, um, I mean, there's outdoor gear exchange. That's yeah, like, no, not those guys. Those but, guys are yeah, small. Yeah. I mean, they're big, but they're locally owned. Uh, REI. Yeah, can EMS. We, yeah, that's EMS? it. Eastern Mountain yeah. Sports. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, <clears throat> we have a couple of stores like that up here, and I've got a local sports shop. You know what? They sell me the gear. Uh, I don't have to drive an hour into Toronto and an hour back. It might cost me $5 more, but you know what? I save fuel and I save time, and I'm supporting local. Yeah, and you're talking to a human. Like, you're literally yeah. talking to someone who's invested. Like, if you buy skis from a city garage, yeah. that money goes directly to, like, keep me employed. Exactly. Which is cool. Like, it's, you know, and when something breaks or something, like, you get all that. It comes right. with it. And I think that I don't think people necessarily understand that. Right. I know some of the bike shops around here are not servicing. We have a store. I don't know if you've got something like it down in the U. Ah, well, it's not Harbor Freight. It's it's called Canadian Tire up here. You can buy. I know Canadian Tire. Okay. Yeah. So. Oh yeah. I think they have a super cycle. I think that's what they're called. And like some of the bike shops around here are refusing to work on those bikes. I mean, they're just. It's like polishing a turd. It's still a turd, unfortunately. <laughs> like, because yeah. some of that stuff is just unfixable, and like it yes. looks good and it's flashy and it's got a good paint job, but yeah. like they're not real mountain bikes. And there's a market for that, and that's fine. But yeah. it's hard to. It's our job as retailers and as like ski industry or bike industry professionals to like explain the difference. And like, you know, if you're mountain biking on a and you're going down a hill and you're on like a a junk mount like it's dangerous like yeah. those 
And it's, it's really hard to explain. And I even have a hard time understanding it with mountain bikes because I'm not a big mountain biker. So, right. you know, a jabber is, and I'm like, Hey dude, what about this? He's like, that's junk. That's garbage. Or is it just, he's like, no, you'll get hurt. Like, so it's, it's our job to explain that to people and the difference you get just from roll resistance. And like, it makes a huge difference when you get a better it does. Product. I tell people all the time, I say, go to a local bike shop, start a relationship. You know, uh, when we had one of our decent bike shops around here, I didn't buy my bike from them because they didn't carry what I wanted because I've got a, a commotion. Well, I have two commotions. I have a tandem and I've got this uh, touring bike, which is pretty much a tandem built for a single person. So for me, it's like, if you want to save weight, you think you need a carbon bike? Nah, just lose 20 pounds. Yeah, you work know? harder, yeah, suffer exa- more. Exactly. I keep saying I'm going to buy a steel frame mountain bike because I just like steel frames because I'm yeah. 210 pounds and I'm yeah. not nice to my stuff. Yep. And all my friends who are, what's the term for like a schemo but a biker? Like, I don't know. <laughs> but like, they're all, you know, grams matter. And I'm like, Euro Euro trash. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like, that's. I'm like, oh, I want steel frame. I don't want. To, I don't want to fix stuff. Well, I want it to be tough and bulletproof. And I, I've I've broken both of the commotion bikes. With my touring bike. I never thought I could break that thing, and uh, broken the same spot. And I just uh, took it up, took it all apart, sent it back to them. They fixed it, repainted it, and sent it back to me. You know, it's like when you spend money on quality stuff. And it seems like the, you know, commodity and all that stuff, they stand behind the products and they'll repair it for you. Yeah, a hundred percent. And that's, that could be said with the, you know, the buying quality stuff for direct yeah. from like these small brands or buying from, you know, if we don't sell bikes, but like if someone buys a ski and it snaps and it shouldn't like, right. We'll pull it out of our inventory and give it to you and then we'll figure it out later. Yeah, no, that's all. Yeah. Like my, the local bike shop, as I was saying, I didn't buy my bike from them, but whenever I had a problem, I'd roll in and the owner would take a bike off what he was working on and work on mine right away and in and out. And that's of because you've built clout with them and they yeah. know like yeah. if they sold the bike that you want, you know what you want. Mm-hmm. So you're a different consumer, right? Like it's not, if someone comes in a skier and says, I want those skis and we don't sell those skis. If they know what they want, I, I don't want to change that. Yeah. But it doesn't mean they won't come here and maybe buy bindings from us or buy boots from us or, and that's, I'm assuming where you're at is like, I want this frame, but maybe I need these wheel sets or this, whatever. Exactly. You you build a clout and it, I think bike shops and ski shops understand that. And there's so much, especially now there's so many different brands and like small bike brands that are really neat. And I'm just starting to really learn more about them. So. Yeah, see, I was always, uh, I was like, e-bikes, are you kidding me? But then my buddy who who uh, runs the bike shop in, in Oakville or Burlington, he says, no, nah, man. He says, you know what, that those e-bikes are good for guys like you who would maybe want to go and ride the route of the Tour de France and help you get up those steep climbs. And I was like, really? I guess. And then, and then <laughs> I saw we went to Florida. I'm not a big fan of. Florida, but we had to go there for a wedding and I stayed at my parents' place and I was like, oh my gosh, man, all these seniors on their e-bikes are crazy. <laughs> it's like out of control, like slow down, dude. 
but it's i see i i had an e-bike probably yeah. six years ago now so i was like an early adapter to it mostly because i'm not a big i don't like suffering on my mountain bike right so i had an e-bike an e-mountain bike and um I look at it as chairlifts. Like anybody who's yeah. like, oh, dude. And I'm like, I don't know. You ride a chairlift way more than I do. Yeah. So I don't, I'm not mad at you for doing it. And what I found is I mountain biked. I had more seat time when I had an e-bike than ever Be- because I would go, you know, I'd go to the local trail and maybe I'd do two loops on an e-bike. I would do four to six loops. Right. So I was, I don't know. I think there's a place for it. And I, I understand people being upset about it, but it's just educating people and educating e-bikers that like, Hey, you could do a lot more damage to this trail than I could. So maybe you need pedal assist and that gets you out there. And that's awesome. Well, you know what? After I was in Fort Myers beach, watching all these people, I changed my mind. Cause it's like, you know what? They're out there. A hundred percent. Yeah. I rode my bike more when I had my e-bike than ever. Because right. and I was still getting the knee rotations and the hip rotations. Yeah, and you're getting in shape because by the end yeah. I'm using it on like or when I start I'm using it on like turbo mode because right. I'm cheating. Yeah, and by the end I'm using it on like one. Yeah, you know like a mini assist and yep. it's still cheating. Don't get me wrong, but I think there's a place for it in the market, and it just allows you to do more. And what's wrong with doing more? Like where someone might not be able to go to Moab and right truly get to see everything even as a rental fleet like you can rent the bike in moab and put 40 miles down when like you might not you might have only been able to do 10 yeah exactly yeah so like for me it was kind of like a revelation it's like you know what it gets people out there uh we go back to what's a skier what's a basketball player what's a cyclist you're out there riding your bike yeah Yeah. 100 percent. yeah and i yeah, I don't know. The e-bike thing is, I think there's just a place for it. Like, I would really love an e-fat bike. Oh, yeah. I've seen, actually, there was a guy here in town. I saw him yesterday. He's an older guy. He's got, like, an e-fat bike trike. That's awesome. And but he probably just cruises that, like, around town, Exactly, right? yeah. I would love one for, like, some of the trails in Ellicottville. And, like, they groom the trails in the winter for mountain biking, but, like, I'm not doing that. I'll right. go skiing if I'm going to suffer. But that might be one of those fun, like, again, end of the day, like, just like my yep. power surfer. Like, I got, I had a good day of skiing, and now I'm going to go do, like, a power lap on my, on my e. I, I mean, I guess I could just get an e, a regular fat bike, but yeah. I'm lazy, so. So we, we, we have a community up here called Collingwood, and it's like Hollymont. So there, okay. there are, uh, starts at Caledon, which is, like, maybe an hour northwest of Toronto. Then you have Devil's Glen, Osler Bluff, Blue Mountain, which is a, a public one. Uh, all the other ones are all private clubs. You can't even get in there during the week, like at Hollymont. Um, Blue is like, <clears throat> Blue's owned by somebody, right? Interwest. So big, or, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I've the people who own Tra- Tremblant own, own uh, Blue Mountain. I've been to Blue. It's It was started as a private club, I think. Okay. Uh, there's the Toronto Ski Club that's right off there. They may have started it. Then there's like Alpine, Craigleith. Anyways, these are all private clubs, you know. And uh, at the end of their ski days, a lot of the people, you know, they're more affluent. And um, they have a lot of fat bikes. And, you know, they, uh, they'll they go out 
ski for the morning and then they'll go fat biking in the afternoon. Yeah, I think it's just keeping people outside. And yeah. I don't I think people just love to hate and I'm probably yeah. one of those people and yeah. I'm I'm slowly getting better at not. Right. And just being like, why do I care if you're on a fat bike or you know, if you're on an e-bike and you're passing me and you said you just set a PR, then like <laughs> I don't care. But if you're out there and you're just stoked and having a good time, that's amazing. Like I don't Yeah. Why should I be mad about that? Yeah. It's well, everybody, not, everybody's got to start somewhere, right? Like, just get whatever it, it is and get out the, there, and then you can, and if you like it, then you can invest and get better equipment. And just the more people on the trails, the more funding we get, the more trails that are made, the more, like, that doesn't hurt anything. Everyone right. wants to keep everything a secret, yeah. and I don't understand it. Like, sure, I have, like, my stashes, secret stashes, but when someone asked me where I uphill, like, dude, I've been uphilling for not that long, but six, seven years, which is kind of long considering yep. not that many people, you know, but whatever. But in Ellicottville, there's not that many stashes. So, like, I've looked at a lot of Google Maps to find something that I think I can ski around here. So, right. Or if I go to Vermont, like, we have a whole, I mean, that's intel that takes years and years and years to find, and I'm not sharing that with you. Yeah. If you meet me there and we go skiing, we can go skiing, but I'm not going to, like, send you a pin. Right. But the other thing of that is what I was getting to is the more of these, you know, Winimba, you know, Western New York Mountain yep. Bike Association or Rasta, which is in Vermont, Yeah. the more of those that exist and happen, that's only better for the evolution of all of our sports. Yeah. And, you know, the even down to safety and everything else. Like I, my plan this year was to do a weekly ski tour and cause we've been selling a ton of uphill equipment. Right. But with COVID, I just didn't want to organize anything. Yeah. You know, I just didn't want to be the one to invite people to do stuff. Exactly. Yeah. But I think I'm going to do some at the, in the next couple of weeks here when the resort closes, right. Like, Hey, I'm going to put it up on, you know, the city garage, social media channels and be like, if you bought touring stuff or you have touring stuff or you just want to go for a tour or go for a snowshoe, like I will be there. Probably a couple of us from the shop will be there. If you have questions, you want hint, like that's what builds the sport. That's yeah. what grows the sport. Yeah. The hate in the sport and this exclusive mentality is needs to change. Right. And I, it's intimidating. Like I'm a, an athlete quote unquote yeah i show up at a bike trailhead and i am intimidated right and even on skis i'm like should i be here you know and you meet up with a group and you're like i don't know if i should be here and then you ski with them and they're all cocky and kind of jerks and you're like i'm better than these people <laughs> and i don't care so i don't know i'm just trying to i'm really trying to promote more stoke and not hate on e-bikes or yeah. ski boards or yeah. whatever. Just go and have fun outside. And I think that's been the best thing that's happened during COVID. And I just hope that we remember it. Like if you don't take anything away from COVID, like, but like, okay, it was a bad time and things are bad. Don't get me wrong. But yep. think of how many times you met your friends at the park and went for a walk. Right. In the last year. Oh, it's it's crazy the number of people out walking, especially, you know, we get locked down up here, yeah. you know, and it's like stay home. And, you know, so my daughter, <clears throat> she lives 
40 minutes northeast of where I live. She has one acre. She's got a house there in the middle of almost 500 acres of agricultural forest land. Right out her, right, right. We could ski right out across the street from her. There's a little tiny hill. So she basically has 501 acres. of Yeah, yeah. And and she takes care of the farmer's property and all that sort of stuff. So he lets, you know, we snowshoe on his property. We cross-country ski on his property. That's how I got most of my skiing. I tried one day of skiing with a mask. And I was like, I broke a pair of sunglasses. And, you know, listeners who don't know me personally know I need glasses to see. And it's like, this is crap, man. I, d- I don't need this. I'll just go back to the uh, Nordic skiing and, <laughs> earn, and think, earn my two turns. <laughs> and maybe I'm wrong, but it's probably reignited, like, your love for Nordic skiing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, and it's, it's probably a su- something- suffer fest, too, you know, because we'd break a trail. We go back the next day. It would snow and blow. The trail's filled in. It's like, yeah. you know, we have to re-break it. It's like 12 inches of crust. But it goes back to like that, like the the good things of COVID is like you probably wouldn't have done that. I would have been out at the resort. You would have been skiing a resort. So yeah. I think, and that's just how I'm trying to twist things. But like, you know, it's like that scene in Billy Madison where he's like shaking the kid. Like, remember these times? Exactly. Like, yeah. <laughs> but it, like, yeah, these times are really harsh, but like. You know, how many hiking trails have you done this year? And how many, most of my friends are really active. Yeah. Like, cause you just surround your, but even like some of my high school friends who aren't necessarily super active, you know, they're just the, I hate to say, but like they're, you know, they work at a bank and they, they watch football and that's what they, that's what they really enjoy. And that's fine. So we have different points of views, but like the amount of times that they've texted me and be like, Hey, do you have an easy trail that I could, my wife and my two kids could go hike. And like, they wouldn't have texted me that right. without the current situation. Exactly. So I've just been really trying to promote that and staying with that. Right. Like I hope that people continue to stay outside. Yeah. Now, did you, gr- did you grow up playing outside? Yeah, I grew up on five acres, oh, so cool. not a ton, but like yeah. enough. And yeah. we, yeah, well, that's what we, that's what we did. That like, was I, that was like me. I, I grew up at the edge of suburbia, <laughs> literally, uh, of Montreal, and we just walked down to this place. We called it the Bumpy Road. It was paved when my dad grew up, <clears throat> and we crossed the tracks. There was hundreds of acres of forest. I don't know who owned it. And we just didn't played. Didn't matter. Yeah. My mom knew, you know, it's like you see on Facebook, you know, uh, the old guys. It's like, yeah, this is how you knew where we were. And there's a pile of bikes everywhere, right? When yeah. We were they were at the street and we yeah. were in the woods. Yeah. And, and you know what? I've spent my entire life outdoors, you know? So. Yeah. I don't think I've ever had, you know, I was never a gamer. And I grew up, like, not with it. I grew up right in the middle. Like we didn't, yep. have, we had computers, but they weren't what they are now. Exactly. And I got my first cell phone, like midway through, you know, my sophomore, junior year of high school, but like, it wasn't what they are now. Like you yeah. just had a phone. Fu- the phone to me was like, I don't want a phone. And my parents were like, you need a phone. And I'm like, ah, now you can track me. <laughs> like, I don't want a phone, you know, and now I have to answer. Right. So I grew up, so I always, it's just being outside. That's what we did. And like, we rode our bikes everywhere and we still kind of do. Yep. And we try to just promote being outside. Like, I don't know. I just like being outside. I, yeah. I don't, it just doesn't, 
sitting inside does not compute with me. No, it never has. Yeah, I know. I'm, my wife says, uh, and I may, I don't know, maybe she bought me this podcast equipment to keep her out of her hair, but there are times in the winter or as I call the in-between season between skiing and, you know, paddling or whatever, <clears throat> she says, you're like a caged animal. Yeah. And I've been trying to, I remember a specific day this year, it was in June. So we were locked down, but we could like, they were promoting like go for hikes and it right. downpoured for like seven days straight, like torrential downpour. And I texted like six of my buddies and I said, Hey, I know it's, I know it's raining. We all know it's raining, but it's also 78 degrees outside. Right. So I'm going to be at this trailhead at 8 a.m. And I hope that you guys come. And they all showed up and we went for a hike and we were like, it was like we went swimming. Like we yep. were, so, but it was like one of my favorite, favorite days of the year. And it was a super easy hike. It was just like, dude, let's, let's go. Yeah. Like we got to no, get out. We got to get out. And we, and I'm just trying to keep that mentality and I keep repeating it, but I just don't want to forget the goodness that came out of these times. Yeah. Yeah. As far as like the outdoor industry and it growing. And with that, hopefully education and people learning and picking up their garbage and, you know, just kind of leading by example of like, Hey, outside is fun. And you've never, I've never gone out. There's plenty of days where I wake up and I don't want to do anything. Right. But I've never woke up and like gone for a hike and been like, Oh, I shouldn't have done that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I can't remember uh, a bad outdoor activity no. yeah it's always you know and and they're the best ones i remember first time cooking beans on the fire it's like damn we have to open the can first i yeah, might have been like get... eight years old right <laughs> like oh we have to get this open <laughs> yeah. my buddy told me he made this year he's like i just don't want to be the one to say no to a second lap right that was like his goal for the summer or for the winter like, yeah you know you do a lap you get down you're like I could be, I could be done. Yep. So he's like, I don't want to be the one to do that. And he lives in Vermont. So I, I went there in January and now it's like two bowls. Like, I don't right. want to be the one to right, say no. Right. And I'm like, well, if you're not saying no, then I'm not saying no. <laughs> so we, I mean, we got our, I was there for seven days and we got our bots kicked, but it was amazing. Like, cause we just toured we just yep. did lap upon, but we get to the bottom and be like, that was good. Yeah. You know, and we just look at each other like, Oh, here we go again. All right. I guess we're transitioning and we're <laughs> yeah. going up again. But it was, I, I'm just trying to really keep that mentality. So I don't know. I've, I've learned, I tap out. And it's funny because when I was, uh, I met the guys from the U.S. Telemark race team down at Mount Snow at their training camp. And it had been the first day on snow for me. I was kind of hoping to get out before then. And, oh, man, I was, my legs were like done. And it was lunchtime. And I said, uh. I'm saying, uncle, they said, okay, go in and get a table for all of us. I said, yep. Oh, cool. So I did that. Then it was about three, three fifteen in the afternoon and we were doing some mogul stuff and I don't do moguls well. And, uh, I was like, yeah, I'm tapping out. The moment I tapped out, three other guys tapped out. Yeah. They were just <laughs> waiting for someone to say break. Yeah. Yeah. And we went like, and sat oh, in a bar God, and gone. we started some great friendships and those other guys, they were suffering and they came in and. I think we, from what they said, we had a better time in the bar. Oh, a hundred percent. And that's always how it goes. But it's, it's funny to have that. Like, you know, he went in with that mentality of like, I'm not tapping. And I was like, all right, well then I'm, I'm going to try. And I'm usually the one to tap because I know my body. 
Yeah. I think that's part of being a good anything is knowing when to tap. But yeah. yeah and as you get older, because like you're 34? 34. Yeah. So I'm 57. And it's like, yeah, I stand there and look at it. And I, I, I go back to my days of watching In Living Color. It's like, yeah, homie, don't play that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I think, I mean, that's, as I say, I don't want to tap, but that's part of it. Like just knowing, yeah. like, I'm done. You know, even with, you know, I went and did Tucks last week, Tuckerman's yeah. Ravine. And I went by myself and everyone was like, and you shouldn't go by yourself, but right. there was a weather window and I was there. So, it, uh, you know, I was like, I'm just going to go do a sure blap. Right. And then I'm like, Oh, I'll just go to the floor. And now I'm at the floor and I'm looking at the, at the yes. bowl and I'm like, all right, I'm well, I'll just do right. I'll just do right gully, yeah. you know? And yeah. then I'm at the top of right gully. And I was like, I mean, the lip looks pretty good. <laughs> so then I go and do the lip, which is fine. And I have the skill set to do it, but, the whole in the whole time my back of my head is like make the right decision so you can do this tomorrow that's right like it and it was safe and like you know i read the avia report and it was all low and i had my beacon in case and i there were some people at the launch rock so i was like hey i'm gonna go ski the lip so just kind of keep an eye on me if you can yeah but it's it's knowing your abilities and knowing when to quit, enjoying a cold beverage and just watching your friends rip down. Well, I, I was, uh, I'm a moderator on, uh, Josh Madsen's Facebook page, Freehill Life, and, uh, they were initiating one of the new guys. So when you work in the shop, if you're a young guy and you've never skied leather boots and straight skis, they have a whole crew anyway. So, uh, Alex Johnson and his dad, it was, was kind of cool. Cause when you're talking about what's a skier. They're an entire family of Telemark skiers. Uh, Lloyd, he's 81, 83. He still goes out to Alta and rips on Telemark skis, you know. And I, I wanted Josh to do a podcast with all of the Johnsons, but uh, Lloyd's had a stroke in the last few years. So, But you know what? He still gets out there. It's amazing. Yeah, and they were all out together on World Telemark Day, and uh, they were saying you know, how Lloyd's skiing improved once he saw his grandsons out there. It's like, dude, you know, I got to go with you. I got to hang with you. Let's go. We're, you know. That's amazing. Yeah. So they were, I I was texting Alex yesterday because yesterday was his initiation to leather boots and straight skis. And it's like, dude, how'd it go? And he's like, you know, he was, he's killed, you know. And I said, well, I hope you got beer and you have access to a hot tub tonight. He goes, oh, I'm smashing a beer right now. You know, it was about four o'clock. That's amazing. I just did. So I just did my first like leather and lace. Yes. You know, I grew up on 70, not grew up, but I, my first telemark binding was a hammerhead with 75 mil T1s, I think like plenty stiff. And then I, now I'm an NTN and I, I just got a leather boot. Right. And I'm, I'm cheating it as I have a, it's a leather boot, but there's a plastic tongue. Right. So I'm, I'm still leather, but it's, it's soft compared to what I've ever been on. Right. Yeah. But there's a plastic tongue there, so it helps. Yeah. But I had some Tua, I don't know, 201s. Yeah. With, I don't even know the, the binding that was on. I have no idea. You know, that's way before my time. Yeah. I've never felt more at home on a, ski in my life like everyone was like you're gonna die you're gonna tom and i was like i was born to ski leather and right. three pins like yeah i loved it i would ski i don't know i had a blast on them like i can't wait normally i'd be out west skiing right now yes 
I'm like so excited to go to Alta and do the smelly knee pad with those guys. Not yeah, saying I'll win. By yeah, any no, means, you got to do that because I, I, you know, if COVID wasn't there, my wife and I were supposed to be in this massive four month ski trip. Right, and that's where I would wheel. be as well. Yeah, because I, I, I keep telling Josh, it's like, dude, I want to be a judge with the smelly knee pad, man. <laughs> I just want to ski it because I always watched him like, no way. And then I got on him and I was like, oh, I love this. Yeah. I love, obviously, I'm going to be an NTNer, but like, yep. I, I see this and I see how fun, especially on steeps. Like, I think the bigger skis with leather bindings on steep stuff is almost easier because you can make like those deeper, right? Like literally knee pad to the ski turns. Yes. Yeah. Versus when it's low angle, you're on your muscle now. Like exactly. Like, yeah. So, um, I loved it. I, so we did the tell, we did telly stock this year and it was yep. very loose. We'd kind of just basically a day to just go skiing. We didn't do the event that right. we normally do but we started a new tradition this year at noon. Anyone who's got leather and three pins, put them on and we're going to go do some laps. Oh, that's good to know. <laughs> yeah. So that was my first time. And we slow down and like, yeah. and it was awesome. We had six guys do it. Yeah. But like we had six guys do it and the other, you know, there was 20 other people who were like, I didn't know we were doing this. Right. And I was like, you know, we kind of, it was kind of a no event, so we didn't really promote it, but, yeah. So I think that's going to be the new tradition that at, you know, noon, we all put our leather and lace on and go and ski. And it's, it's amazing how the fundamentals of telemark just are forced into you when you have nothing to fight. Exactly. <laughs> you, you don't have an NTN yeah. or a spring or. Yeah. Well, you talk about the spring and that sort of stuff. So, you know, all kids ride chairlifts and they see these signs that say tips up, but it's not until you ski in leather boots. Do you understand what tips up? means yeah like it's <laughs> everything because your different. tips just droop <laughs> yeah everything was there di- i loved it i was i yeah i couldn't believe how much how much fun it really was and yeah. i felt great which was cool i felt like good after that that i was like oh i'm not even beat up like i feel like a skier right, right. so that was fun i had a good time doing that yeah i enjoy skiing on my leathers i remember the first time skiing them i learned well you can't really carve on them because you get this chatter just keep the tips in the fall line. And so I'm skiing along and I get to the bottom of the hill and I meet up with a buddy of mine who arrived a little late. And he's like, I was watching you come down the hill. He says, I didn't know who you were. And I'm just ripping. And he goes, and you're like fast on those things too, you know? Like, so I've never really skied any big powder or anything like that on my three pins. It's always just been resort stuff because uh, the woods around here are too brutal. Yeah, I'm I not, fall on. I get face shots by falling on my snowshoes because I'm getting tangled in stuff all the time. Yeah, I'm not trying to go <laughs> ski bumps on them, and I've not. But <laughs> I, I had a blast, and I was like, I thought it was one of those things I'd be one and done, and now I'm like, like yesterday I went for a tour, and I was like, I got a pair of three pins with scales. Yep, and I was like. Maybe I'll take my three pins out if I'm just going to do one lap. Exactly. But I think that'll be my spring thing. I think I'll be on my leather and three pins a lot. Right. It's not just go ski up like after the resort closes, we go and tour it. Yep. And like, I don't need a full big rig to ski down what we're skiing in no. the spring. So yeah. I think it'll just make it a little bit of a mountain, yeah. which will be fun. Well, I'm, I'm glad we got on to Telemark because I was, I was listening to your uh, podcast last week with uh, Jason Black. Yeah. 
and you guys were talking about telemark skiing and that sort of stuff. And then I was before I got on here, I was just listening to Josh's podcast. They were talking, jo- Dosty and he were talking about stuff about, and I, I would piss people off, but you, you see all these posts on forums about, ah, this broke and that broke and my boots. And it's like, dude, your boots are 20 years old. You need to go buy new boots. And and you you and Jason were talking about, you know, the growth of telemark and you're on it. You know, we as skiers have to invest in our sport. Go buy the new equipment. Yeah, and I don't think – so I've been trying to be – with the podcast, I've been trying to be more me, and I am pretty blunt. Yeah. Like, I'm just – I don't I don't care, and I and – I, <laughs> and I think that's why people are going to listen to the podcast. So that's why I want to start having my voice a little bit. And I think I spooked Jason a little bit when I was like, hey, what do you think? And he's like, oh, I'm an NTN. And I was like, I think 75 should die. Right. And like, I say that, and I say it kind of joking but also this is why we don't have new stuff this is why everybody's holding on to the glory days and it's like you know what take a look at their cars are they still driving model t's right and that's i think you have to embrace technology and technology will get better right but like if 22 designs has and i don't know but if they have 10 people working in their factory and five of them are making 75 that means only five of them are making NTN right. and that means none of them are working on anything new. Right. So like if we can have eight guys working on NTN right. and two guys working on R and D. Yeah. That's going to change everything. Exactly. I did just hear a little birdie tell me that Scarpa does have a new boot. Oh, do they? That is a hundred percent confirmed. It is not coming out. It will not be here next year. Right. But hopefully in January of next year, we'll be able to get it the next year. Right. So it exists. It's out there. Uh, from what I gather, it's a touring boot, which is what we want. It does exist. They have a mold. Cool. They're making them. I don't know anything else. So yeah, I don't yeah. care if I leak it because I don't care. But yeah, yeah. I think, you know, I just think we need, and I think the brands need to be, there's so many telemark weirdos out there right so why yeah. not why not use them though like the links if they have a links prototype because right. it's such a small industry yeah get them out to a couple people and i know they do yeah but like of course the links is gonna break it's a lightweight binding with springs and you're use like yeah things move anything that moves breaks what do you mean like there's no and don't tell me your 75s don't break do you know how many g3 cables i fixed yesterday at the shop oh really like, yeah, they break. Things break. I'm, I'm, like, I'm, I better touch wood really quickly because, they break. you know, my buddies and I, we watch these guys, all these posts about problems with this and problems with that. And then I take a look at their stance and it's like, dude, you're, you're trailing foot. You're not actually bending the bellows. They're bending at the duck bill, you know? Uh, yeah, 100%. And, and, you know, take a lesson and... Learn how to weight that back foot. So, and you're, you may not have some of the failures that you're experiencing. And I think, you know, they don't make, as far as bindings go, there's so many different styles of telemark. Like I'm a pretty upright telemark skier. I know that. Yeah. I can do the low style. Like I can like, it's like switching your fight stance. Yeah. You do a low style and you go high and you go mid. Yeah. But depends on the pitch, right? Everybody right. says, yeah, it's, it, 
they say or oh. how my hips or knees feel yeah. that day or yeah. whatever but yeah. i think you know we've got a guy who skis he's ntn and he skis you know knee to the ski right. all day right. which a lot of ntn guys don't because yeah. it's just but he took have you used the links at all or looked no, at it i haven't i've seen it but i haven't used it no well, there's two flex plates, and okay. they're like they're fiberglass. Okay. And he hated the links, hated the links, but he's an engineer. So what did he do? He took that flex plate, he cut it, he just cut it shorter. There's there's a flex, there's a long flex plate right. that's like three and a half inches, and then there's a two and a half inch flex plate on top of that. Yeah. So he took the top flex plate, cut it. Said it's the best binding I've ever skied for my style. Nice. So I think that's yeah, but that might be something that. Again, I'm not telling anyone how to do it, but 22 Designs could be like, hey, are you a low guy or a high guy? You, there's two different flex plates. Right. But without them having the dollars and time, and this yeah. is all coming full circle, to develop an R&D and get feedback from people, it's never going to change. Right. And then people are mad about it. And it's yeah. like you have you can't shoe glue every bellow on the planet. Just yeah. buy a new boot. The boots haven't changed, so you can get a boot that's current but three years old Yeah, for a decent price. You have to help this sport evolve, or it's going to die. Yeah. And that's – maybe it's harsh reality, but I don't – I don't know. I've, I don't I've know. always been one of those guys who stepped up. I'm, I'm, I'm a good consumer and supporter. My wife will – you know, N plus one resonates with me. Yeah. And, just, and when Josh was – he says, I, I'm working on a project. And he put something out there. What sorts of skis do you ski in the East Coast or ski in the East? And so I gave him my input. And then when I found out he's making skis, I was like, yeah, dude. So I have ski set number one of his Freehill Life switchblades. And you know what? And th they are the best skis out there that I have for my style. But even to argue that, even if they weren't, yeah, you supported yeah. someone who ideally supports more than anyone this sport exactly yeah and that's what we need to keep doing we need to understand that every time we buy like scarp is a big dog but like they're the only guys who are really doing anything for right. us as that's far right. as boots so if we're not buying those yeah they're not going to keep like they're going to look at their boot sales and be like okay we sold i mean we'll just use easy numbers we sold 10 mastralis yeah and we sold one TX Pro. Exactly. Yeah. So what are we going to put in redesigning? We're going to redesign the Mistrali again because the 10 people that bought the Mistrali are now going to buy it. Yes. Again. Yeah. And you know, I don't, you know, Bishop making skis. That's really cool. Yeah. Their, their bindings. Have you skied a Bishop? Uh, Bishop binding. Yeah. Or Bishop. Uh, I have the bomber Bishop. Okay. So you haven't skied. <laughs> so like I the haven't BMFR. skied the new one yet. No, it's, it's unbelievable. Yeah. Like, I look at that on a shelf and I'm like, no way. That thing is not what I want to ski. And that that thing skis more like a 75 mil than really? any NTN I've ever skied. Wow. I have the Lynx. I've skied the Mejo. I ski an Outlaw X and I have the Bishops. Yeah. And it forces, it's just bizarre, but it forces the boot to function like a 75 because it really? pulls it from the back. Yeah. And it's big and clunky and mechanical, and but once you're skiing it, it feels so smooth and so natural. And I don't—they don't pay me. Then I don't get free buying. Like, yeah. they're just—they're really good. Yeah. 
Um, and I think when you buy skis from those guys, it allows them to develop more. Right. And I don't know, you have to be a consumer to keep a yeah, sport yeah. alive. Yeah. Get out there and put your money. <laughs> you know, like yeah, I, I have not really broken any telemark gear and I'm like, Six foot six, two hundred and seventy five, two hundred and eighty pounds. If you want somebody to break shit, that'd be me, man. <laughs> but you know how to ski. Yeah. So that's 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 your downfall. Is yeah. That's why you're not people are like, Oh, I ripped out of this. And I'm like, Yeah, but what is the real story? Yeah. Like, how did you rip out of that? Like yeah. it happens. It's wood. Well, you know what? I can't say I didn't break I broke two 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 pairs of a manufacturer's telemark boot. But a buddy of mine who's a tool and die maker and does a lot of R and D stuff, he says they're probably both made at the same time, so it was a material issue. hundred Because they broke at the exact same spot. Bottom ten, of the barrel. Ten days in. Yeah. Bottom of the barrel, bad mix, yeah. old material. That happens. Yeah. They're manufacturing yeah. stuff. And you know what? The, the retailer came good, and I said, it was like, okay, I've tried two pairs of these boots. I'm going back to Scarpa. Yeah. You know? And, and that's... Yeah. But that's the best part of being a consumer. But we had back, I mean, back to Bishop, we had, they sign whoever makes the binding. Right. And I won't use his real name just in case he's listening, but say Brian signed the box. So we called Bishop and I was like, Hey, there's like six parts missing from this binding. What's up? And you call Bishop and like, yeah, Kate answers the phone. The same person answers the phone. You know, they're small. It's probably your cell phone. Yeah. But, and they're like, Oh, who made it? And I was like, Oh, it was Brian. And again, I changed the name. Yeah. Yeah. And they're like, oh, yeah, we fired Brian last week. <laughs> well, that's that's what happened with, with my uh, commotion bicycles because I actually went to visit commotion and we were talking and, and they're like, yeah, he doesn't work here anymore. He's not as good a welder as he said he was. <laughs> yeah, it happens. And yeah, who knows? But again, right? it doesn't mean you don't write off that. That makes me want to be part of the brand even more. I'm exactly. Like, oh, this is amazing. Like, yeah. So it's cool. Telemark's great. It's a small, wild, weird community. I when when I first uh, met you, I was listening to uh, Jabber's podcast and you were on there and he was asking why you telemark. And he says, you said, well, if you can't be good, be weird, telemark. I was like, that's right on, man. Yeah, that's it. And I, you know, even like, again, I, we've, I filmed last week with Blizzard skis and they're all like, oh, I didn't know you were a telemark skier. And I was like, you can just say I'm a skier. Yeah. Like I, yeah, you know, Mike Patternetti in Elkaville. He opened that up for me. He never used telemark as a crutch. Right. And I loved that. Yeah. Uh, it can be as violent and mad and like non-graceful as you want it to be. Because <laughs> I think when people hear telemark, they think like leather and lace and it's like that ballet, that dance. Yeah. And now with modern stuff, like. Yeah. The transition are... transition is not that difficult. And these guys are ripping. I yeah. mean, Ty Dayberry's throwing double cards oh, in the know, back eh? country. It's yeah. like, get out of here. Like, the fact that that isn't on TGR just yeah. bothers me. Because it's just skiing yeah. to me. It's yeah. uh, it's arguably, and I said this on my podcast, it's arguably harder. Uh, and there's plenty of times I make alpine turns on my telemark skis. Yeah. But I just really enjoy it. And my only... The only thing that drives me crazy about Telemark is our lack. I think at one point we were way ahead of the backcountry scene. Right. And that's why people Telemark skied. Yeah, exactly. Now AT has caught up so much that our boots are heavy and they, and that's what, like, I just want a lighter boot. Right. It's like, I'm, 
I'll put this on the record. I am like really debating getting a schemo set up next year. Right. Cause there's days that I just put in like, you know, we put in six, 7,000 foot of vertical and do 14, 15 miles. Yeah. And my gear is four pounds heavier than the guy next to me. Yeah. And I'm 40 pounds heavier than the guy next to me. Yeah. And I'm like, why don't I have this? Right. So that's my only, but I, I don't know. I love it. And I, I love not using it as a crutch. I can ski park on telemark. not saying I'm good, but yeah. I can, I can hit rails. I can hit jumps. I can ski trees. Yeah. I can ski powder. I love it, but I just try not to ever say, Hey, look at me. Yeah. I'm a telemark skier. I just like saying I'm a skier. It's more like F you, I'm a telemark skier. Yeah. Watch this. Like, oh, I didn't know you could do that on telemark. I'm like, what? They're skis. I yeah. got the same skis you got on me. I, I was at Sunday River with a buddy of mine, and we were skiing. And then, I don't know, we were going up this uh, little run, a little chair, and uh, there were some uh, racers, young kids, and they were uh, riding the chair with us. They were playing in the park, small park. And I leaned over, and I was like, dudes, you might want to thank me, but you need to – when you go home tonight, tell your parents you need park boots. I said, being in the park with your racing gear, you're going to end up breaking your legs. Oh, yeah. And they may have been like 10 and 11, and they're like, hey, you're on Telemark stuff. I said, he, They said, why? I said, it's dope, man. Like, <laughs> you know, you go through the park doing Telemark stuff off of, you know, features, and people look at you and go, what? And then I don't know if you're old enough to remember the guy's from somewhere, I think they were in Michigan. They remember the old uh, Microsoft Apple commercials. Yeah. Anyways, they they did a, a same sort of thing with a Telemark skier and an Alpine skier and Telemark skier oh, and a snowboarder. Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll, I'll send you the link now that I have your email. And there was this one where the the two skiers are talking, and this woman walks up to the Telemark skier, and the Alpine skier goes, "Well, who's this?" And the Telemark skier goes. This is a hot chick, man. All telemark skiers get hot chicks. So my buddy leaned over and he goes, you want a telemark? Could you get all the hot chicks? And these guys looked at him, right? These 10 and 11-year-olds. It was yeah, pretty like, funny. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, I'll have, to, I'll have to look that up. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah it's, yeah, I'm, know, I'm, I don't it's know. skiing. It's you know, skiing. And it's so normalized where we are in Ellicottville yeah. because we've always supported telemark skiing yeah. and we I are, send people down there all the time because the city garage is the closest retailer for us to get yeah, telemark and, equipment. And I think it's cool that we do it. Like you, yeah. and this is like a fake flex, but like you type in my name and you can like find videos of me telemark skiing or like you talk to Too Tall Tom and someone brings yeah. in something from 30 years ago and he's like, oh, I was at Eldora with, with, rat and chunk and we were chasing aubrey up the hill on our g3 and three pit like right and these people are like i can't believe this guy knows what i even brought in this exactly. relic like yeah, only yeah. two people in the world know what it is and yeah. we're there yeah. so it's we actually sent all of our g3 parts to free hill life this year oh did you we sent them a big box of parts nice and we said, it's your problem now. You deal with it. <laughs> City Garage. And we just signed it and like, F you, I telemark or something. Right, you know? right, right. And they thought we got out of the game. They oh, thought, really? They, they thought we were like, they were like, whoa, City Garage is done dealing 
telemark and we're like no 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 dude we're just done with your g3 it's like we can't you know we had a giant bin of parts and we've just it goes back to evolving that like we used to support all the g3 stuff and we're like we need to stop supporting this a little bit because we want them obviously we're in retail yeah but we want you to buy 22 designs we want you to evolve and spend money so that we can continue to bring in new stuff right so it was yeah but yeah freehill life thought we were like <laughs> like like giving up on telemark we're right. like, no, no 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 we're still here man we're just we're just sending you all the g3 stuff because oh, that's, that's awesome. where they're going anyway that's awesome cool. so yeah well uh it's been uh great talking with you uh, there was For so sure. much more because you're like sitting in your van i wanted to hit you up about building your vans and all that sort of stuff but uh it was a great conversation yeah, I've got the gift of gab, man. I could talk for hours. Oh, that so. well, that's like me because I just looked at my phone when you were talking about Josh because I usually talk to him once a week, and uh, he sent a text and it's like, "Hey, can you uh, do nine thirty Mountain Central time?" And I was like, I just texted him back and said, uh, "I'm doing a podcast. Hit me up in a while." <laughs> yeah, let me know. I got to get Josh on the podcast. I got to oh, reach out to him. Yeah, yeah, because I I want him on mine too. I got some ideas. We'll we'll share it. So, for sure. Yeah. No, but this has been awesome, man. And uh, I wish the border was open. I really want to get uh, down to Elephant It'll be. Road. Oh, yeah. Huge celebrations yeah. when we're all done, man. Yeah, and I've just been telling everyone, you know, be a tourist in your own town. Yeah. Like, there's so many trails. There's so many things that you, like, never do because you drive everywhere. Yeah. yeah. You, like, have to drive three hours to do something. It's like, no, drive 10 minutes. Because yeah. someone who's three hours away is driving three hours to get to where you are. So, yeah, I know. A buddy of mine lives in Rochester, New York, and, you know, like to go ski at Bristol with him. And he lives like 40 miles away from me, but it takes me four hours to get to him. Yeah, it's <laughs> those damn lakes. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, you take it easy. It's been great talking with you. And Yeah, uh, man. Thanks for having me. Oh, hey, where can people find you? So you can follow me at on Instagram at Mr. Adam X. And now I have a new podcast on the Out of Bounds Network. So you can follow that at Out of Podcast. And my episodes are called The Pursuit, and they come out every Wednesday. I, I, I love that name, The Pursuit. And I happen to know why it's called The Pursuit. So for people out there, go to Adam's Instagram page and check everything all out, and you'll understand The Pursuit too. All right. Thanks a lot, man. All right, Keith. Thanks, man. Yeah, take it easy. All right, later. Hey, crew. Thanks a lot for listening to the podcast today. Hope you enjoyed yourself and stay tuned for an upcoming one.